0: Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His word to what's happening here and now. You may have heard this week about the massive and horrific expose done by a couple of Texas newspapers on the Southern Baptist Convention. A huge sexual abuse scandal was unearthed showing about 380 SBC pastors and leaders as having been accused of sexual assault on a minor, 220 offenders convicted or took plea deals, and 700 victims have been left in the wake over the last couple decades. This, of course, is not new or unique to the SBC. We've seen it in, for example, the Sovereign Grace churches, the Catholic Church, Hollywood politics. It just feels like it really is an age of relentless sexual abuse scandals. And these things are not far away. These are hitting particularly close to home for me, as I frequently counsel and sit down with women who have been the victims of sexual abuse, even sexual abuse in the church, so I see it playing out in real time 10, 20, 30 years later, and I know how damaging and horrific it can be. Not only that, but my own daughters were in a local theater production here in Colorado recently, and it was uncovered after the production that their choreographer was, in fact, a repeat sex offender who managed to keep it hidden from the theater. We also have a church plant that's now two years old. And so we leaders at the church plant are constantly thinking about how can we keep the children who are in our care safe? So these, these scandals are not far away. They are close to home and they matter for each one of us. My husband and I have had the privilege and blessing of being trained in child safety over the last couple decades by the various mission agencies that we have worked for. And I find it's something that most people are naive about, or they just have never thought about it. I have found myself sitting down at numerous coffee tables or over dinner with friends who've said, oh, I never thought of that. I never gave it any consideration. And so that's what this show is dedicated to. I want to take this chance to talk to you if you have been a victim of sexual abuse, if you are a parent or a ministry leader, how to protect your children from sexual abuse. First, if you've been a victim, the first thing I want to say is my heart goes out to you. I know what a brutal road you have ahead of you. I am so sorry that this happened to you. Please, friend, do not feel ashamed or guilt. It is not your fault. Please seek counseling, therapy, professional help, a trauma-informed counselor, and a strong network of family and friends to help you through this. Do not be ashamed, but do pursue help. Now, if you're a parent, I want to encourage you to protect your child. Do not trust anyone else to be doing it. You are your child's strongest advocate. Here are some things that my husband and I do. This is not a comprehensive list, but this is just kind of a starting point or a list of wisdom, the things that we've gleaned from counselors and therapists over the years of training that we've had, that we've put into place in our home. Our firstborn is 15 years old, so these are things we've been doing for 15 years without regret. The first is to start talking early and often with your children about inappropriate touch, like when they are young toddlers. Start talking to them about who can see what or who can touch where. Help them to practice privacy, to expect practicing privacy. Teach them that they should be keeping their clothes on when they play. Practice with them the actual act of screaming no. That's something I did with my kids and it's very helpful. Teach them how to scream no. Teach your kids early to trust their gut about situations and people. 90% of sexual abuse perpetrators are males that the victim knows. So this means it could be um, for 90% of situations, it's a neighbor or it's a coach or it's a family member or even a pastor or a youth worker or a family friend. And that's the case with this SBC scandal. It was a pastor or a youth worker or a church volunteer. So my encouragement to you, though it sounds harsh, is to not ever implicitly trust any male adult figure with your children. I know it sounds extreme, but it's wisdom. So for example, we've never allowed our children to ride alone in the car with an adult male. We don't allow them to take babysitting jobs. If there's an adult male at home, we actually have never used boy babysitters and we never let our kids spend the night anywhere or have kids spend the night with us. Again, I know that makes us seem a little weird, but those are things that have um, played out well and have been words of wisdom in our family teach your children to tell you right away if they believe that they have been victimized assure your child that it's you will believe them if that moment comes that it would not be their fault and that you would believe them only 31% of kids report always go with your kids to public bathrooms don't let your kids play behind closed doors When possible, make sure there's at least three kids playing together. It's more likely that something will happen when there's only two children, but if there's three, that's an extra measure of safety. Teach your kids not to keep secrets. So in other words, they should know if an adult says, hey, this is just between you and me, that's not okay. Teach your kids to carry themselves with confidence, to look people in the eye, to be bold, to give firm handshakes, to use strong voices, to hold their shoulders back. These are all things that are going to tell a perpetrator, don't mess with this kid. And I want to say about all of the above to never make allowances or exceptions. In other words, it is tempting. And we have experienced this ourselves to say, but it's the youth pastor, or this guy is so nice, or my child's got this special talent. And this coach is the only one who can help her. Don't give in to peer pressure or the feeling that like you are a weird, extreme parent. It's good to walk in wisdom. It's good to have safety precautions up. It's when you let your guard down that things happen do grill your church staff or your camp staff or your school or your coach, your, your child's coach about the safety policies that they have in place. 98% of childhood victims have been found to be telling the truth. So do believe your child or do believe other children if they ever tell you anything, because 98% of the time it has been found that they are telling the truth. If you learn that your child has been a victim, here's what you do. First, you have to remain calm. If you act out in anger or horror or whatever, in grief, your child will likely think that they've caused that reaction in you and they are going to be unwilling to move on. They'll clam up. They'll think they did a bad thing. So remain calm. Obviously, get safe if the danger is imminent. Do report it right away. Sexual abuse is something that must be reported to the police right away the minute you hear it. And do get counseling as quickly as possible and often for your child. Find committed, caring friends, get yourself a network of care because you're going to need them. And above all, have hope and know that Jesus can bring healing. Here are some statistics that bring light to the situation. 95% of sex crimes are committed by people who are not yet on a registry. So just because somebody's background check came clear or there's no sex offenders in your neighborhood doesn't mean you are totally safe. Background checks and the registry are not the end all be all. 67% of victims are under the age of 18. More than half of those are under the age of 12. One in four girls are victimized and one in seven boys are victimized. If you are a church leader, here are some things for you to consider. Think about keeping both children in your care and the adults in your care, in your community safe. In other words, you want to protect kids from a potential perpetrator and you want to protect adults from false accusations, also from perpetrators as well. So all volunteers who, all staff, and then all volunteers and staff who work with youth and children must have a background check. We say that there must be two background checks, checked adults in all settings at all times. So we never just have one adult with kids at a time. There's always two. And if it's a leader, we say that a background check isn't enough. We also need a reference from their past church. At our church, only parents take children potty when during kids' ministry, the staff and volunteers don't do that. Only parents change diapers. We try to encourage no lap sitting and encourage safe touch between volunteers and children. We have all kids and all adults in full view all the time. All our um, rooms have windows on them. We have a check-in system that ensures the adult or caregiver that dropped off the child is the one that's picking up the child. We try to have a safety officer in our hallways at all times. We have rules like no adult staff or volunteers should ever be driving around kids. So for example, like a male youth pastor shouldn't be driving around a teen girl, um, that just should not happen. We, When there's events for adults or like young adults, we wouldn't let kids under the age of 18 be there. We try to have really clear guidelines, this setting's for kids, this setting's for adults. Kids this is what you can expect from an adult and adults this is what you can expect from the kids. We like to teach our staff to be aware of signs of abuse and know the minimum reporting requirements for our state. Friends, children are precious to the Lord. We have been charged with their care. We are commanded to love the least of these with all our strength and energy. God has entrusted us. As shepherds of a flock, we must protect children from wolves. What has come up in this SBC scandal and other scandals in the past is that um, church leaders or pastors have extended forgiveness, thinking like the sexual abuse situation was an isolated incident and the victim needs to forgive and the perpetrator needs to say sorry and move on. No, law enforcement needs to be involved. Chances are very high it's not an isolated incident don't extend grace for the sake of the mission don't treat this like a public relations scandal you know jesus does not need our help with his pr we need to bring things into the light it will not benefit anyone or promote healing if we are lazy about it or give anything the benefit of the doubt don't assume it's not happening near you in your community or happening repeatedly if you've heard about it one time it's incumbent upon me and you to tell the authorities to bring things into the light because exposing sin is God's grace. Shining a bright light on any area of darkness is God's grace to both the perpetrator and to the victim. By believing victims, we unlock tremendous healing for them. I want to encourage you to visit the show notes. I've got links to a number of articles where you can see books, statistics, links to other articles and websites that you might find helpful if this is your first time thinking about it. I know it's heavy stuff, but we can't shy away from it. I will be back to all things in two weeks. Thanks for listening today to All Things with me, Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. So we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now.